listeners. I'm M.M. And I'm Katie. And we are Bi-Coastal Besties bonding over wine and mysteries. And this is the Wine Times Mysteries podcast. Which episode are we talking about today, Katie? Today we're talking about episode five, the Berkshires UFO uh, episode, which very exciting. Um, in post, watch me put in a whole bunch of little x-files sound clips just preparing just preparing now uh for when you hear the finished product Um, i'm jealous of future me who gets to hear (laughs) the finished product with the x-files sounds um we were just before recording we were just talking about how refreshing it was to not have any dead people so refreshing i mean as part of the the true crime zeitgeist, we do like, you know, we read true crime books. We, you know, enjoy true crime the way that so many of us do. But when you're watching so much of it and reading so much of it, it is refreshing to have a pause and just have some good old aliens. Good old-fashioned aliens. Okay, Katie, we have been friends for a very long time. Yes. I cannot remember us ever having a conversation about aliens before. Me neither. Isn't that weird? We've never talked about aliens. I don't think we've ever, like, like watched an alien-related movie where it would prompt no. the discussion. And that's probably on me, because I have an intense hatred-slash-phobia of most, not alien movies, but space movies, because there's usually a running theme of someone being trapped somewhere and running out of air. And so the two genres that I really can't watch are when that happens in space and when that happens underwater. Understood. Understood. So space horror, not your thing. We're not going to have a movie night with Event Horizon or uh, no, we are Prometheus not. or anything like that. That one with uh, Sandra Bullock where she's running out of air. Uh, that's Gravity. Yeah, no, not going to do that. No, that one's too anxiety-inducing for me. Also, Matt Damon on Mars, not going to watch that one either. Oh, see? Okay, the nope. book's good. Um, Martian, nope. I am a fan. Um, but yeah, so let's establish this now before we get into the episode. Yes, yes. Do you believe in aliens? I've been thinking about this a lot okay. since the first time I watched this Unsolved Mysteries episode. So, number one, I believe in ghosts. So if we take that a step further, you could say that I believe in alternate dimensions. Two steps further than that, it's not that big of a leap for me to think that there are aliens. Mm -hmm. However, I've seen ghosts. I have relatives who have seen ghosts. Like, that doesn't seem like such a stretch to me. I don't know anyone who's seen an alien. I wish I had. I mean... I wish I had. You could be seeing one right now. Could I could be. I mean, that would explain your eyes. I'm just saying. <laughs> Her eyes are gorgeous. Her eyes are gorgeous. They're this icy blue. They're lovely. No. So I just... Yeah, so I guess I'm a little bit more removed from it, but I also can't imagine a scenario where there's this huge, huge universe and we're the only life force in it. That's where, that's where I'm at as well. Um, my dream would be for us to be like this uh the more primitive society so like then some super advanced society comes and finds us and suddenly we're in star wars time where i can be on a spaceship and go to other places that would be lovely i don't think that's gonna happen look i am ready for star trek to happen now yes 
Did you just confuse Star Wars and Star Trek? No, I was oh, thinking okay. of you, I was thinking of the you, space cities in Star Wars. Okay, but I'm ready cool. for Star Trek now, where you're I'm exploring. I'm ready for Star Trek. Yes, and um, there's no money because no money is the key part. And also, I want that uh, food generator. Oh hell yeah! Hey, um, and that hollow deck because I'm not going to yes. do any weird nonsense where I like bring a, a big enemy into it and like there's you know all those episodes where they have issues on the holodeck my holodeck's gonna be like kind of want to go sit on this different beach this time the holodeck episodes were always my favorite episodes because something goes awry and they cannot get out of the holodeck and then they're trapped in their holops oh no like, what will we do i'm all of a sudden i'm d'artagnan i'm not Riker anymore what am i what's going on oh Riker. um <laughs> I love my favorite Star Trek trivia, and I'm not a huge Trek person, so I don't know a lot of it. Jonathan Frakes had, like, a back issue. So the reason Riker sits in chairs the way he does, where he steps over them and then sits down, was because no. that was easier on his back. No. Yeah. Amazing. And it's just, like, this uh, huge character thing that he, amazing. like, it's, it's such a, like, brilliant beat to invent. Like, this That's is how Riker right. sits and, like, what a weirdo. And then, like, <laughs> it's literally, like, it's easier for me this way. That's Riker my favorite. Riker was always my, my favorite uh, jerk. Yes. <laughs> always. So was Next Generation your favorite Star Trek series uh, It then? was my, pretty much my only. But I, one of these days, I feel like I'm going to go back and, like, watch all of it. Because when I came of sci-fi age it was very much the age of you had to pick one wars or yes Trek. yes well that was your identity and we were a wars family yeah yeah so yeah. i didn't understand that oh just watch it all baby it's all good <laughs> okay another question yes i was gonna say you haven't answered it but i haven't asked it have you ever seen an alien i have not seen an alien or anything that i would say like like a UFO, you know, weird mm-hmm. lights in the sky or anything like that. Nothing that, it, you know, is unexplainable that I'm like, that's weird. Um, but yeah, I'm very much on the train of, I feel like the universe is too big for there not to be other stuff. Other stuff might mean amoebas several galaxies away. It could mean, you know, it, or in another dimension, you know. Mm-hmm. Ha- it would be very self-centered of me to believe that humans were the only thing that evolved, particularly because um, since I'm a, an atheist, it's uh, it would be extra self-centered because I feel like if, if um, you're more of like a, a religious person or you believe in God, like it might be easier to believe, well, God created us and like that's, you know, um, it might be easier to, to see why, like, I think humans get, uh, are a bit more special in that worldview, honestly. <laughs> oh, oh, I can see what you're saying. Well, I think there's two sides to that. They're, they're, they're going to have the more fundamental... Uh, Christians or mm-hmm. perhaps even in other religions where you would you're you think that right because oh so God uh, man is created in God's image and it's this very special and unique thing mm-hmm. but there's the flip side of that and I think there are also a lot of people who are religious who think yes maybe we are created in God's image but God created this whole giant world and this whole giant universe and so there's all this other stuff that's mm-hmm. possible to be in the universe as well there you go um, so just like one one piece of a very large beautiful mosaic of creation let's say yeah I lo- which I love I love that I mean. that view and so it's just so I, I think for me since since um since I don't have kind of that background or structure I'm 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 just more of some 
molecules definitely smashed together somewhere else. And there's definitely like a tardigrade or something, you know, out by Pluto, hanging out, having a good old time. Um, but <laughs> I, I like have it. not seen like an it. alien, whereas I have, well, I have not seen a ghost and I've not had the same experience as you've had with living in a house that was haunted. Maybe we can get into that. I was going to say, um, listeners, we'll talk about that on another episode <laughs> because I am sure Unsolved Mysteries is going to have a ghost episode. It didn't happen in the first season. It's going to be in the second season. They have to just to round it out. <laughs> um, but I have had... Um, Experiences. I, I do believe in ghosts, and so I, I, um, I've had experiences where I've, I've felt sort of that supernatural, um, you know, atmosphere and everything like that. If I haven't seen a ghost directly, so same thing where it's just like if this exists, I feel like you know the universe is a, a big, wide, beautiful place. I, I, I'm just imagining little cute little tardigrades just like chilling <laughs> on Alpha Centauri, you know, um, like they do. So, all that's to say, um, in this... Is anyone still listening? Is anyone... <laughs> if, if you are, now we're probably going to talk now, now about the episode. Um, maybe I'll put in the show notes, actual episode discussion starts here. Um, but I feel like it was important to establish that because... I think so. Um, you know, if we're coming from a place of skepticism, this, this episode comes, um, comes off a lot different. Whereas, I'm, you know, I think both of us are coming from the uh, possibility of... Yeah, but what if it's real? You know, I think, you know, I don't think we're cutting it off at the pass of like, these people are wildly wrong. I think we're just, you know, I think we're a little bit more open minded to their story. So I thought it was good to establish some baselines there. Yes. Um, So Berkshire's UFO episode, the cold open, we, we meet Jane Green. And it's she's basically saying like, well, I never talked about it because I thought it would scare the children. And then the children never talked about it because they didn't want to like, you know, seem, you know, bananas. So we just never talked about it until now. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if I'm abducted, my whole family's going to know. Like, I might not go to the news, but like, I'm not going to be like, eh, I'm going to think I'm crazy. I'm just like, nope, nope. I'm going to be like, hey, guys, guess what happened? <laughs> like, well, if I get abducted, you're going to know. I'm not going to not tell you because I'm going to be worried about what you're going to think. Well, well, let's set the stage a okay. little bit because gotcha. that might help explain it. So, go, go, go. 1969, Western Massachusetts. Um, well, I looked at the map. It actually looks like it's closer to Albany, okay, than than Springfield, Massachusetts. I could be wrong about that, but that's the, that's the area of the country that we're in. And they keep showing shots of it. It is beautiful. I it's mean, gorgeous. Very green. Very lush. Lots of rivers. It's what you think Those of really, when you think of like. The, the beautiful New England scenery. And, and that's another special thing about this episode. Not only do we not have murder, but we also have, I think, you know, there's, I don't think we even, we have a villain, really. Um, you know, everyone. You know, there are four or five people that, that they talk to and interview in depth. And you're like, this seems like a right. nice, normal person. It, like, no one is shitty to these people. Like, the, the worst that you get is, um, like, the police chief going, well, that's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> baloney <laughs> like that's what you baloney get? is one of the stronger words used in this episode right. so it's just it was kind baloney. of nice that it was like this is and it also kind of means that this episode doesn't really feel like it has like an overarching kind of story because we don't really don't have a villain we have this we have this cast of characters we hear about their, their experience and it's just what do you think right so we meet jane we meet tom warner who uh is our longer haired uh artist guy 
um, who is 10 back in 1969. We have the youngest of seven children. Cannot imagine. Seven. Um, We have the Reed family uh, who were outsiders to Great Barrington, but moved into town. Um, so we have and another Tom. Yes, by the way, Tom, Tom with a, an H. Um, <laughs> Are we going to call him Thom? No, I mean, I mean, we, I, we could say Tom Reed and Tom Warner, but you know, Thom. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of Toms in this episode, and uh, his mother Nancy, and then we. So Tom was a little bit under ten, and then we have um, Melanie Kirchdorfer, who was twelve, um, and then they. We basically get kind of the intro of just on that night what all their different experiences were. So, as you said, like, Jane was out with her girlfriend, was coming back to Great Barrington. The car saw a lot of lights to the point where she's like, there must be an accident. Why else were, they, why else would these lights be here? Right. Um, and so she comes up to, gets closer to the lights. She says there's a huge floating metallic object in the road. She so big she couldn't really see the size of, sides of it. Um... And there was no noise, and that's a cur- that's a big theme across that's spooky. everyone's that story, is, is that it's not like, mm-hmm. you don't hear, like, you know, a plane engine type noise, but, like, there's not only no noise from the craft, but it, like, silences, you don't hear, like, crickets, you don't hear anything like that, it's just no noise. Um, and then she says she was looking at it, and she said it lifted up and flew away. So that was Jane's tale. So what I thought was interesting about Jane's tale, besides her... Maybe, maybe not girlfriend Mary, was that so they're driving and they see this thing in the road and it's huge and they stop the car and they both get out of the car. <laughs> I don't know if I, I can't say what I would do in that situation because I haven't been in that situation. However, however, I think what I would do would be to ever so gently put the car in reverse and back up just very that situation. slowly like like homer backing into the bushes yes <laughs> yes back but with, <laughs> while i was in the car. my car that's just me uh in my my okay so that's number one my other favorite thing about this story uh is what happened afterwards when mary went not mary when jane went and told her husband what happened she goes all the way to... So her family owned the pharmacy right. in town. And so they drive... Her and Mary drive in silence. They go to the pharmacy. They park. Jane goes in to tell her husband, Hey, I think I just want a UFO. And her super helpful husband goes, Sounds like you should go tell somebody at the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I love it. I love it. Not go to the police. Not, are Not, you? Not, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? What can I do to help you? Would you like me to call? Because you were so stressed out and traumatized. Would you like me to call the police and or the radio station? No, you should get back in the car and drive to the radio station to go tell the DJ on duty. Love that. What's going on? Love that. Um, so that's Jane. <laughs> Sounds like a you problem, Jane. <laughs> Um, so that's and then we have uh, Tom Warner again our kind of in present day he has kind of I thought it was a mullet but I think it's just covered by his hat I think he's just got long hair yeah Um, and who was coloring over at his neighbor's house um, with the Shaws and we do meet Jane Shaw um, and he is coloring and he hears a voice in his head that says that he has to go home 
And so he gets up and he runs out the door and he's sprinting home. And like this is and the shots are just like, what the fuck? And they go out and look. So Jane sees us as well that he's running outside, but it's like he's running on a treadmill or running in place. So he's running and he's not going anywhere. Um, and she says it was like five minutes of him just running. And I'm like, I don't That's think I could so run creepy. fast solid for five minutes anymore. This is quarantine life. I think I'm going to get tired after about 30 seconds. But well, me too. But he was an energetic. Let's keep in mind. He was an energetic kid. True. Right. True, at true, that true. point. And my kids probably maybe. run. Yeah. The adrenaline. Right. Because he said that that voice that he heard, the telepathic voice scared the crap out of him as it would. Mm-hmm. And he said, I didn't know if God was talking to me, the clouds or what, but I was, it freaked him out. So yeah, I can imagine the adrenaline, but also five solid minutes of him running in place like that is a really long, I mean, what could she do? But it's a really long time to watch right. someone run Maybe in place. Maybe they were in like in awe as well. He, he said, you know, he was in a beam of light. So he turned. So he's running. He notices he's not going anywhere. He turns he sees the UFO, and Jane saw it, too, because remember, they're sitting there staring yes. at him. Um, and then Tom disappears. And she's like, where did Tom go? The fuck? So that's Tom's, like, so they're all giving their portion of the mm-hmm. night, right? So we got Jane. Oh, we- before we move on from Tom. Yes. Can I tell you my, my favorite quote from Tom just in this portion yes. of the show? He said, at the time, my medium... My artistic medium was Crayola. <laughs> I, I thought that. that is the best line I've heard in such a long time. I was like, Tom, I love you. And then at that point, I was like, oh, he's an artist. Because yeah, only someone who's an, like, who, like, at least as a hobby, um, would say my medium was Crayola. At the time, when I was 10. My, yeah, my preferred medium. was mostly Crayola. I mean, let's be real. I mean, you were either a crayon person. I was a colored pencil bitch myself. Well, um, there were also the, uh, there's also the watercolor kids, right? Right. Well, I There's some kids that are super into the watercolor. I was quite bad at those. Um, Everyone is. And. No one's good I was, I had at no those watercolors. I always got the paper too wet so that it like just oh, disintegrated. Yeah. And that's how I describe my natural hair color is um, when you accidentally mix too many colors together and you get that really dull brown um like that like and it's like a light it's almost like it looks like it's like dull and grayish but it's like a brown color that's what i like because my natural color is like a like a dirty blondish um and so that i also hate watercolors just by extension because i hate my natural hair color so fun fact a lot of self-loathing today like fun. you know Wow. So, so far we've ragged on your eyes. We have. And your natural hair color. People uh, unsolicited tell me my eyes are scary, listeners. Um, they're they're gorge. They're not scary. I appreciate that. Um, but as my friend, you're obligated to say that. And, no, as your friend, I'm obligated to be honest with you. So I uh, think that's fair. Um, but, I would tell you if but I was scary. But I have had unsolicited. Like, I haven't gone up to these strangers and been like, tell me what you think about my eyes. I've been... This is all pre-COVID because I just uh, assume that if someone comes up to me now, they're going to cough virus on me. So I just immediately mm. walk away. Um, but yeah, they would just unsolicited go like, your eyes are really creepy. And I'd be like, thanks, stranger. How's your day I've worked going? on that my whole life. Thank you. Uh, speaking of COVID times, I know it's not really related to this show, but when they, they were showing a lot of reels of modern day and olden timey parades that were happening on the main street of this town and every single one 
just made me want to go take a shower because everyone is so close to everybody else. And I know this was pre-COVID times, but it, this is the mental scar yep. that's being left it gave on me, my brain. It gave me the chills, for sure. Yes. Um, so our third tale takes place a little ways away at Lake Mansfield. Um, Melanie, who's a rebellious 12-year-old, who's all like, fuck you guys, Ooh. I don't want to go for ice cream. She wants to go share a cigarette for the weekend. She is a <laughs> bitch. I mean, she seems like she would be an awesome friend now, oh, but I yeah. can tell you, if we had been in middle school at the same time, I would have been scared of her. <laughs> so they're down at Lake Mansfield. They will go to get ice cream and go to eat at it. the DQ at the Dairy DQ. Queen hashtag not a sponsor but hashtag love it. Uh, you know, and then the got turn it upside down. Um, oh yes, <laughs> you gotta. Um, yes. So uh, they get the ice cream. They go to the lake. They see a bright aura. She says, and her dad. Oh, her dad says we gotta chase this, and. She's like, no, no. And like all of, I think the, I think her mother was like, I think they were all like, no. And the dad's like, we're going. And I'm like, I see, I get it. I do. But again, we are both of the mind that we're slowly backing away. And Homer Simpson is like toxic masculinity at its worst. They are saying, no, the kids are screaming because they're so freaked out in the back of the car. And he's like, you know what I think is a good idea? I'm gonna chase this thing with my family in the car. Maybe he was alone with my screaming and he was, like, family. Really interested, but it's just like, hey no, man, dude, like, if you're alone, you want to be like a tornado chaser, like the, <laughs> the guys on the Weather Channel. Go for it, right? But you don't do it with a bunch of screaming kids in the back of the car. Come on, man. I know it's 1969. Again, we're concerned about different things, but I would have been backing it up. So she saw. She said that she said that they were levitating, and then she uh, disappeared. And then she knew she was on a ship and she saw other children there. Um, and Tom actually cuts to him and says that he saw her there, even though they didn't really know each other. It was a small town, so he recognized. Well, and she was older than him, so it also makes sense that he would know who this bad bitch was. <laughs> and she would be like, I don't know you. Yeah. Um, and then she said, so she said, all, saw all these children and one by one, they disappeared. And then she wakes up at the lake by herself. And walked home walks home now here's okay two questions about this little segment before we move on yes number one the whole thing with her walking home so what happened to the rest of her family did no one wonder why she wasn't there with them how far away was her house from this lake i have so many questions <laughs> and I, about this i have to assume because like like if they're in great barrington i'm not sure if they live there but like it, the map it shows a few miles away. Yeah. And also, like, if she was the only one abducted, like, was were her family, like, just, like, frantically looking for her? I don't know. Or we did they just peace out? And they were like, let's just go home. They don't say, yeah, they don't say, I don't know, the dad just all of a sudden gave up his quest to find and chase down this uh, oh UFO. He's just like, you know, now that they've taken Melanie, I'm really over it. <laughs> like, I'm it's done. Like, Oops. My bad, guys. This one's on me. This one's at me. Also, yeah, that's <laughs> me. My bad. Um, the other thing is I have not stopped thinking about Dairy Queen <laughs> since since this happened. I, will, um, I would like a Butterfinger Blizzard, please. My favorite thing at DQ. So <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid, I used to get, this is probably the most Texas thing you will ever hear in your life. Okay. Chicken fried steak. Okay, we all have that in our minds. It is a steak, like a sirloin steak, that you 
bread and fry as though it were chicken. Um, they had like chicken fingers, but they were chicken fried steak fingers, like sirloin at strips. DQ. Yes, that were battered and fried, and then they would because that wasn't enough on, on your daily carbs. They would serve that with Texas toast and a side of white gravy. Oh, girl. Like sausage gravy? So good. No. I'm sorry. White gravy. <laughs> I don't know gravies. <laughs> I See, didn't this know there is, was no white culture. gravy until very late no, in my life. No culture in Maryland, number one. <laughs> number two. Crabs. We have crabs and we have football. Yeah, but you, but you, crab cakes and football and no gravy. Okay, so there's brown different types of gravy. gravy. We had brown Brown gravy is for certain types of meals. Like Thanksgiving. Like Thanksgiving. White gravy is for chicken fried steak. What is what is the base of it, though? Like, what makes it white? Lard. And? And flour. And? That's it? Just like a... I mean, you would have other stuff in it, like onions and stuff okay it's basically just liquid fat okay but like sausage gravy has like sausage in it and, and it is a white color no <laughs> yes but this would not have sausage in it okay. as well gotcha gotcha imagine sausage gravy without the sausage okay fair. a white okay. gravy and you would use that with your chicken fried steak or your fried chicken nice and also great on mashed potatoes so wouldn't it just blend in yes gross delicious and and okay and then you wash all that down with a blizzard because obviously like you do okay now that i'm on this tangent because i'm not getting off um (laughs) there is a very small local chicken chain in texas called babes and what is wonderful is you walk in and you sit down and they only ask you do you want chicken or steak and by that, they mean, do you want fried chicken or chicken fried steak? And they will bring whichever one out. And then the sides are everything that will clog your arteries and kill you. And they will bring out as much of the sides as you can eat, right? So it's biscuits, white gravy, cream corn, cream spinach, cream anything else. That will be a side. That's fine. And it's also, here is the icing on the cake. It is a BYOB establishment. Awesome. So you come with a lucite bin <laughs> full of full of ice and beer, and there's always a huge long wait. So you tailgate in the parking oh lot my God, this is amazing. with your beers <laughs> until they call you, and then you bring that inside to enjoy with your meal. Hashtag babes, hashtag the best, hashtag not a sponsor yet. Oh, Texas. I'm sorry. Let's transport ourselves yes. back to the Berkshires in the back. late 1960s. So we have... Um, one, I believe one more tale of where people were that night. Oh, yeah. And that is uh, Tom, Tom and Nancy. Um, <laughs> the other were, Tom, Tom. They were a little ways away um, on Sheffield Bridge, which is like a very covered, it's a covered bridge, very picturesque. like Classic. Classic covered bridge of New England. So they were it was at, gorgeous. They were at a horse show. And, so um, cute. We're going to get dinner quite late at nine. So they decided take the shortcut home which took them on this bridge um listeners this let this be a lesson you don't take a shortcut you do not take the shortcut you will either be killed kidnapped or abducted by aliens or don't do it 
Fucking headless horseman, Ichabod Crane. Well, if you're in the Northeast, yes, you will be headless horseman. Obviously. This is a fact. This is science. So. Science. Data-driven science. So, um, Nancy turns around. Oh, no, actually, it's the, so in the car, it's Thom, um, Nancy, his mother, and then the grandmother. And the grandmother is in the drive, uh, the passenger's front seat. Nancy is driving. Thom is in the back seat. With his brother. His brother's also in yes, the back yes. seat because that plays into the story. Yes. Um, so, the grandmother turns around and sees a light rising from the river. And it's hovering, and it starts firing beams of light. And then the brother is looking the other way, for some reason, and sees an orange orb. And it's like 100 yards long. It's, a, again, quiet, bright light. Um, and they, uh, Thumb and Nancy both say they can account for about 15 minutes of this time where they're there. But it was actually about three hours. Which and they can, insane. They cannot ac- account for this lost time. They come to in front of a drugstore about over a mile away, and everything's about the same except uh, Nancy is now in the passenger seat, and the grandmother who doesn't drive is now in the driver's seat. And the way Tom describes this is, it's like they were trying to put them all back, but they mixed up like like all humans look alike mm-hmm. to them or something, and they mixed up. <laughs> Where they were putting uh, the mom and the grandma. Mm-hmm. And so they were reversed. So that's those are our players in this episode. That's right. Um, and how cute was Tom Thom's mother, Nancy? Very cute. She was so cute. And in, I felt almost worse for them than for anyone else that they interviewed. Because everyone else has was kind of established in the town. And Tom Thom tells us that Nancy was a single mom, had moved out to Western Massachusetts from Queens, New York, because she wanted to have this more of an idyllic childhood for Tom Thom and his brother. Right. Norman, Norman this Rockwell, her, he says. Yes, Norman Rockwell vision, and she bought this diner. And I was like, first of all, here's another bad bitch. <laughs> sisters, are do, sisters are doing it for themselves these days. I like what Nancy's got going on. This is on. the start of a Hallmark movie. For sure. Oh, Went out to the small town from the big yes. city. Buys a diner. Yes. Like, oh. you know, if, if the aliens hadn't happened, she probably would have met, like, some rough and tumble dude who's, like, maybe a logger. From the Christmas tree, from the Christmas tree farm. Yeah. 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 And then they're going to say Christmas And they could teach each other the, the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah. 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 And his name is going to be Chris. Maybe Chris Kringle, if we want to be really on the nose about it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but but he'll be super hot. So he's like Santa's Hallmark nephew. hit us up for the the next hit series. <laughs> TM 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 TM. Um, so then we cut back. So now that we have like the baseline for everybody, we cut back. So that's when we get Jane saying that her husband said, "Go tell the radio." <laughs> um, and so apparently the the radio personality at the time, his name was Tom J, and he says, uh, "You were drinking." Out with, uh, I liked with that. out with Mary. Out with your girlfriend. Um, and also, maybe it was swamp gas. Uh, first of all, first of all, I like that the default is you and your girlfriend are obviously drunk, and that's why you drove out here to the radio station. Number two, swamp gas. Which is going to be my go-to gas. default answer for most things now. Probably just swamp gas. When, when, when your daughters are just like, Mom, why are we doing it this way? You'd be like, swamp gas. Um, swamp gas. So, so first Tom's like, 
you drunk. And then Swamp Gas. But then he starts getting calls from all over of people who are seeing this. And we and it's more like saw something, which sounds super cool to me. But then it's sort of like, I think everyone was just like, I saw some lights. Because everyone who talks about their uh, experience later, like either gets bullied or has like a bad experience of people not believing them. So it's just like, it kind of sucks that it wasn't like the town mm-hmm. comes together and saves Christmas, but also believes in aliens. So... We meet um, the current radio person, whose name is Jesse, and um, and his thought is, well, if so many people were calling in, they must have all seen it. How could all everyone be hallucinating or whatever? Um, but he does say that that rec- like the recording of him of Tom J like recording this does not exist because back in the '60s and early '70s they didn't record anything thinking I should keep this. They, womp, womp. they would record over and like you know use the same tape over and over and over. So how cool would that have been to listen to? How so cool. friggin' cool! And then we also get uh, the current chief of police, William Walsh, and he's he looks at the logs for that night, and there's nothing. He just looked like a cartoon character to me of what in my mind is a New England police chief. I mean, even the building, the police department. Was so cute. It just it was all, so cute. So small town. Like, so, like, again, in our Hallmark movie, he's already yes. perfectly cast. Um, yes, he is. So he says, you know, there's no reports. He's reading the ones that are actually in there off, and he's like making fun of them, like, there are beer cans on my lawn. And he's, he goes, someone thought they needed to tell the police about that, which, as some, I have a friend who works for 911 Dispatch, they get those types of calls all the time. Someone's in my parking space. Someone threw trash on my yard, whatever. Um, you know what? I, you know what my answer would be like <laughs> for those calls? Jane's husband's. <laughs> you should go tell the radio sounds, station. <laughs> sounds like a you problem, Jane. <laughs> so, um, and then there's a historian, Gary Lavelle, um, who said there was no reference in the Berkshire Eagle, the local newspaper. Um, so they thought it was hooey. That's the other strong word. Hooey. 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 Besides baloney, <laughs> there's hooey. Which, I mean, if again, like if we're putting ourselves back in that mindset, if people aren't even telling their families about this, True. why why would you go to the police? I don't know. And, and Shane's husband did not tell her to go to the police. He told her to go to the radio station. So maybe, there, you know, I can see there's a... Obviously, there's some sort of a stigma attached to it, which we also hear about from Tom Thumb <laughs> later who says that he was bullied so horribly that the family ended up moving out of the town because A, they were outsiders anyways. They were new. They were from the big city. They were out in the country. So it's hard to make friends and fit in anyways. And then this happened. It sounded like not only were the kids horrible to him about this, but his mom was getting harassed and stalked. And there was a really heinous incident where a someone would follow them and tailgate her and actually went all the way up the driveway to her house. And then another one in the diner where someone exposed themselves on a table and said, Hey, Nancy, you want to see something out of this world? Which I thought, I really hope something happened to that person. (laughs) Karmically, you know, if if that person was, um, you know, contemporary in these days, he definitely sends dick pics unsolicited unsolicited that awful wild response aside like the tailgating and stuff which i'm just like this is an overreaction for i saw some aliens like oh well yes yes but uh, i mean what is that supposed to do intimidate someone into not 
having what? seen aliens? Like I don't know. And also that that people, uh, Tom Thumb said that people would follow him and his brother down that road to and from school in trucks. I was like, what? You're stalking children? But Nancy had to end up, which another bad bitch move. Nancy was just like, F this noise. Peace. I'm out. She dropped the microphone. She sold the diner and moved him out and somewhere else. And I was like, you know what? Smart. Good for her. She was like, life's too short. I'm not going to put up with this shit. Right. We also at this point meet um, Eddie Galota, who runs a gas station. <laughs> I really liked Eddie. Eddie <laughs> uh, so was also seeming like a very New Englandy character oh, who yeah. kind of liked being at the center of oh, all. Oh yeah, the, the gas station the, probably chats with everybody. Oh, um, there's a huge, and he was, and there's a big picture of his dad with a dead deer in the gas station, which okay. Um, but his dad was the chief of police around then, and he said that his dad thought it was a bunch of baloney, so maybe that's why there's no uh, more baloney record of it. Um, but people did report it to his dad. And so apparently he and his friends were all like, we're going to find this. And so they would go out and try and find. So he's a, I loved this. He's a very truth is out there person and is very into it. And it's just like, we're going to find it. And he's like, I never had that experience. So he seems very, like genuinely disappointed mm-hmm. that he did. They were gone and, I, and that he wasn't one of the people abducted. He also just, I just love this thinking about the scenario where, Late 60s, early 70s. My dad is the chief of police. He's telling us all these stories. He says it's it's a bunch of crap. So in response, me and my friends go camp out in our car at all these fields because we're trying to find the aliens. And I'm like, your dad thinks this is crap, but he's cool with you guys going out and spending camping in your cars trying to hunt down the aliens. I like it. I like it very much. That's the response I expect from the town. I'm just like, yeah, just let, right? like, let them do it. Whatever. Uh- <laughs> like, get it out of their system. <laughs> so we also get a check-in with uh, long hair Tom, with artist Tom. And he said that he didn't tell people the story because they thought it was crazy. He said he, like, didn't date anyone in high school and he thinks it's because of this. And I'm, Well, because he didn't want to get close to anyone and then talk about this thing that was obviously important to him and traumatic and then have them reject him because it frightened them or they didn't believe him or they thought something was wrong with him. Right. Our bad bitch Melanie was just like, yeah, I told my boyfriend at the time. Whatever, man. So I think she was just like, she repressed it. She, like... We, her family knew, um, and that's it. And so she seemed okay. And then Tom also says this is the best part. Um, I had to paint it. At this point, I had to oh. paint it. And it was like therapy for him. And what what he painted. I liked his little spaceship with he, all the lights on it. I mean, it really paints a, it paints a picture. Um, <laughs> oh, wow, Katie, wow. <laughs> but it wow. really is like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll see myself. Had to be I'll said. See myself out. Had to be said. Back up slowly, just like me in the car with my girlfriend Mary. Backing um, on up. But it it really it, it looks like something that you know he like really got it down. But it, it's definitely not like it's not embellished in any way. Oh, it's just a little boy in a field in a beam of light. Coming from a UFO. So, and the general theme of all of the um, follow-up interviews is that it was really quite hard to talk about. Um, but then we cut back to our friend Eddie Galota, who's just like, there. Then all these military reports are coming out now. We, they definitely saw something. So, as the military reports are coming out, and as more people are feeling comfortable coming forward, um, 
artist Tom is saying, you know, maybe because we're telling our stories, other people are telling their stories. And then we see some of these military reports where they're seeing unexplained things. So now they feel a lot more um, kind of justified and validated. And they're like, we did see something. We're not crazy. Um, Something happened Mm -hmm. that night. Well, and what I love is that Bad Bitch Melanie, when she says she later, as she grew up a little bit, and she later met artist Tom, that she felt this immediate connection with him, even though she didn't remember seeing him on the ship. And she said it went from being someone I didn't know to now someone who I feel like is my brother because we have the same shared experience and this this bond over what happened. And that made me happy that yeah. they found each other, can talk about it at least. I mean, that's something. Right. So they did have footage of them like at a modern day parade. And, you know, they were like kind of met up and everything like that. And they were chatting with each other, probably staged. However, no. <laughs> uh, probably staged by Netflix. But no. it, it did make me feel very like they have each other. They have each other. Yeah. I mean, my final thoughts on here are kind of, I really, it really resonated what Melanie said about this at the end, where she said, there's a lot of people who are skeptic about this, and I don't blame them because I would be too. But you have to think about it from her perspective, which is she doesn't gain anything from this. It's just make people um, doubt her, look at her in a weird light. Um, And it really resonated for me because I was thinking a lot about Me Too movement and women coming forward. And there's always that uh, population of people who will say, oh, they're just doing this because it makes them look good for some reason. I'm like, none of this is something that you do for fame, glory, or because it makes you look good. You only come forward with a traumatic experience because it's true. You want to share it. It's going to be healing for you or you need or want other people to know for you know, in the case of Me Too, for their safety um, and to normalize some of these conversations. And so for this group, like, what did anybody gain from this? Nothing, right? Except a lifetime of trauma. Tom Thom having to move twice. Nancy selling her diner. Um, Jane apparently living for almost 50 years without telling anyone (laughs) about it other than the radio host Mm -hmm. because her husband said, Jane, go go talk to the news outlet. Right. I mean, Um, we we got some art. But that's about it. We take it so far. You know, Melanie says she told her sister, who didn't really remember anything about it, past seeing the bright lights and her boyfriend at the time. And then she said her boyfriend has passed away. So she doesn't even have him anymore to talk right. to about this. So it just seems like a lot of folks with traumatic experiences. And when what it doesn't make them, I don't know, it's not like they're getting anything financial out of it. Well, I don't know if Netflix paid them. But I mean, up until that point. Right. You know, what is that? It doesn't do anything for them. Exactly. So it's just one of those things where even if it was just swamp gas. Um, <laughs> a lot of swamp a gas. A of swamp gas that covered a huge, like one, are there swamps in the area? But two, um, you know, it, it covered such a wide area. It'd be a lot of people to be hallucinating off of the swamp gas. That would be a lot. Um, so I, you know. No matter what they saw, if it's real, if it's not, I believe they saw what they saw. And I have questions about, you know, the uh, car fire drill where people were in the wrong seat, I, you know, just yes. disappearing for th- like having the lost time of three hours. And it was Nancy and Tom Thumb. Um, 
you know, if it was just Tom Thumb, like maybe it's like a kid thought he saw something and made something up. But like, it was, she's a grown ass woman doing it for herself, you know? So I don't know. I agreed. Well, and the fact that artist Tom and Melanie have this shared experience. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just always much easier, I think, to dismiss when it's one person yeah. saying something. But when it's a group of people all saying that something like this happened on the same date, it's very... Uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Okay. Okay. Why Why are we talking at people when I can't form words? <laughs> it's, you know, words not know. that important on a podcast. I no, feel like it's no, all about vibe. It, it's all you, you guys know what I'm vibing about here, right? No, it's, it's all about is bolstering yeah. that story and the credibility there mm-hmm. that, you know, that radio DJ put together. <laughs> If only we had that recording, I would. I would think that would be really interesting to hear what Tom oh. Tom J had to say about it. Um, yeah. Okay. So if you were going to have a drink with any one of these people from the episode, mm-hmm. from episode five, who would you want to go have a drink with? I kind of want to say bad bitch Melanie. Same. Yeah. With with a side of Eddie Gulotta. Yeah, and then Eddie could come by, or like maybe we go pick up yes. our drinks from the gas station and then go like yes. tailgate somewhere. Um, but yes. I, yeah, I think bad yes. bitch Melanie, because yes. I think, um, I, I mean, I think she shared her truth and everything, but I also think she was, she kind of gave, gave the least amount of detail and was a little bit more closed off. So I kind of want to be like, to pick her brain a little bit more about um, mm-hmm. her experience. <gasps> All right, <gasps> listeners, thank you so much uh, for joining us for this episode. Um Definitely get in touch with us either on Instagram or Twitter at WineHomesPod or email us at uh, WineHomesPod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Do, do you think it was aliens? Do you think it was swamp gas? Like, what Have do you, you think seen of- an alien? I would love to know. Yeah, have you have it, had an alien experience? Um, what do you th- make of these uh, military, classified military recordings where they're seeing stuff? Peak 2020 where that news came out and everybody was just like, well, it's a Tuesday. It's I mean, fine. I had aliens on my bingo card. So, um, <laughs> and if you want to see me specifically, you can find me at the closest Dairy Queen where I'll be heading <laughs> as soon as we're done with this recording session because now I need a blizzard. Um, that is acceptable. Um, so thank you. <laughs> uh, you can find both of us um, on Instagram. I'm at Katie Haas and uh, MM is at True, True Crime Wine 69. You can say it without laughing about it. Look, <laughs> listeners, I was gifted that handle by the one and only great Chris Hansen. So if you follow me, you can see that video where he gifted me that handle Look, it's it's basically a dynasty at this point. <laughs> I'll appreciate you to give it the weight and gravitas put, it deserves. Put some respect on that name, True Crime put Wine some 69. respect on the name, True Crime Wine 69. Well, we'll, let's, we'll have to tell the story. You can see the video at MM's account, but we can tell that story maybe next time as well. Maybe um, next time. Uh, see what the people want. Chris Hansen. Um, so, yeah. So, join us next time. Pop a bottle with us. And uh, yes. we'll jump into episode six, the end of season one of, of Unsolved Mysteries. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.